He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome aboard on a wonderful Friday afternoon in Memphis, Tennessee. We're coming to you live from the FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. And my first guest today is a longtime friend and a guy that's been involved with this golf tournament, uh, well, since they had golf balls, Jack Sammons. <laughs> Since they, uh, they went from persimmon woods to uh, steel drivers. Yes, sir. Uh, this is what a tournament it is now. It's always been special, but just the, the, the excitement around it, the players that are here, these are the best of the world. The top 70 players in the world. It, it's, we are at, at the absolute zenith of golf right here in Memphis. The first round of the FedEx Cup championship, these players are playing this weekend for a $20 million purse. The ultimate prize at the Tour Championship two weeks from now where one player will walk away with the entire $20 million. But the, the, the guy that comes in first place can walk away with 3.6 here. So. This, this, this week, I'm going to write a check for $3.6 million to the winner all season long. Their entire goal is get me to Memphis. I've never written a check that big. Is it hard to get all the now, numbers? I in tell there? you what, I, I, I've had to tear them up several times. I was like, How much was that? Lord have mercy, that's well, a lot of cash. When they first started, where uh, you met with the PGA and they said, "Look, this is how we put on tournaments." How much different was it when you, just the concept from what had been done here in the past? Well, the, when the PGA came in uh, with their champ management group that runs the tournaments. That was when we first became a World Golf Championship event. And there, you just, in the old days, I used to have to travel. I'd walk up and down the driving range at a tournament and try to induce players to come to Memphis. And they'd say, Earl, they'd say, wait a minute. I think it's hot in Memphis <laughs> in the summertime. I said, well, you're, you're a great golfer, but you're apparently uninformed. <laughs> everybody knows that Memphis, because of, global warming which by the way was invented by a tennessean right after he invented the internet and uh, memphis is now a coastal city we're the new san diego in america with temperate climates august you know highs of high 70s maybe mid 70s you need to come to memphis and play with us well it, and, it was yesterday i was almost cold here uh, at, at the hub yes sir um they should have listened to me right but anyway <laughs> we ended up you know we had a number of really good players and just start building a foundation. We get more and more. And then once we got the World Golf Championship, we had them all. We had them all. So now that we're in the playoff, we absolutely get them all. We get the top 70 in the world by FedEx Cup points. And they play all four days. Last year we had a cut, but we had 125 players. This year the 70 players played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Which is great because the fans come out. They want to see yeah. the best of the yeah, world. Yeah, absolutely. Last year, Roy, Roy McIlroy didn't make the cut. Adam Scott didn't make yep. the cut. Both those gentlemen will be here on Sunday. So it's exciting times. We're raising a ton of money for St. Jude. And, and most importantly, we're raising awareness globally. I think we've helped make them become America's charity. Now we're working to become the, 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 world's, the world's charity. Yeah. 
Well, they, they certainly come from all over the world. Certainly. No yeah. doubt about it. I tell people, you know, St. Jude treats the sickest kids in the world, and they treat them for free. If you're not for that, well, you know, go do something else. Yeah, well, yeah. I've not heard anybody object to it yet. Right, right. <laughs> but it's so great to see such a sea of people it is. with smiles on their faces. I just saw Sheriff Bonner here who's running for mayor of Memphis. What a great guy he is. And uh, it's, it's fun to, to see people in this community that, that really understand the importance of this community asset. They also understand the importance of St. Jude. And, and they're supporting both of them while having a good time. It, it, it really kind of reminds me of going to a Super Bowl because you, yeah. we're here at the Hub. We're having all these different activities. Sure. And people are they're out on the golf course, but they're also in here getting away from the heat a little bit, right. getting something cool to drink, and seeing how far they can drive the ball. Sure. Well, it, this is a Super Bowl of golf the, these three weeks. Yeah. And uh, we're, the, you know, we're the first half of the Super Bowl of golf. So, uh I, I'm just thrilled about it. Listen, we came a long way. We we had tough times 15 years ago. Well, we I didn't re- have a sponsor. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember the year they did, and that's when uh, uh, FedEx stepped up to the plate, and uh, uh, Smith and Nephew stepped up Smith to the plate. Smith and Nephew, right? It was the St. Jude Classic presented by Smith and Nephew. Yeah, and, and they did a great job. And we we're forever grateful for their help. But always, uh, but, but, but FedEx is—they are just the ultimate corporate engagement yep. company you know and they just do so much for the community just kind of makes you want to tell everybody go out and ship your your aunt a box somewhere you know ship a priority overnight saturday delivery you know i tell you when do something to give money to st jude or ship a package ship either, a package either, either that's right or ship a package yeah. to st jude yeah and uh give a cold drink to your fedex driver when he gets there it's hot today in some parts of town not Southwind. it is i've been telling somebody today they were asking me for tickets they said could you well you jack's gonna be on your show so let me tell you something i remember the day people walk around with a handful of tickets you want some, you want some tickets and i said now they just laugh at you when you ask them for tickets right. because uh, these are these are gold now. I tell people, uh, yeah, if I give you a free ticket, then some child might not <laughs> have his, his uh, procedure done. Heck, I'm not going to tell that kid that. Uh, let's let's take care of the kids. Buy your tickets. Uh, they're they're cheap. You know, they're very inexpensive for a professional sport. That's right. And you get them online. They they, they load them on your phone on the Ticketmaster app, uh, and. Just come out here and have a great time and a way to celebrate Memphis. And I think the food is uh, is really outstanding. Tim Parker said yesterday he went and found there's three different barbecue places out here, and there should be. I mean, Pronto Pups are great. but <laughs> Can't go is, wrong with a Pronto Pup, but this is Memphis. we're in Memphis. Absolutely. Well, Pronto Pups are one of my four food groups, <laughs> and barbecue are the others. That's 50% there you go. of yeah, it, right? Absolutely. Big time. Well, Jack, thank you very much for coming by and spending some time with us. I know you got uh, a jillion people to go see. You That's never, okay. You never stop moving when you're out here. Yes, sir. Well, Earl, you are a giant in this industry. I'm glad to see young Parker out here uh, running your show. And uh, thank you. I love 990. I've got it tuned in all the time. Take take the refrigerator uh, sticker with you. Refrigerator magnet. And put that on there and put yeah. eat more barbecue on it. We uh, Parker, <laughs> we used to say at uh, down at Overton Square, a few decades ago that Earl Farrell was a chick magnet. Now now he's giving away refrigerator. There we go. Well, Tom, Tom it's come full on. circle now. Times have changed, baby. Times have changed. Jack, God bless y'all. I love Thank you, you so much. Love you too, buddy. Great job. Thanks for all. Real pleasure. Thanks sir. for your time. Take care. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to check in with the sheriff. So stay with us. We're live at the FedEx St. Jude, and uh, we'll be back. 
FedEx St. Jude Championship. First round right here at Southwind. Uh, this is really the second day of activities out here. They started on Wednesday. We were out here yesterday. Uh, so this will be the third day. And round two today. Yeah, but it's only round two because they had a program then. Uh, but the great thing about it is all these great players are going to play all four rounds. So unlike regular golf tournaments where they have uh, a cut on Friday and only the, the top 20 or so players end up playing out the rest of the tournament, all these guys are going to be playing for the rest of the tournament. So if you can't come out today, you still got all day Saturday and all day Sunday to see some of the best golf really in the world and all the best golfers because it's not that often you see all the best golfers in the world the same tournament because there's other tournaments going on and uh, but they're all here these are the guys you see every Sunday and and they're all playing great uh, we're here also with Park and May he's been covering this thing for us how's it looking today as far as the play goes yeah I want to go back you kind of just mentioned it in the last segment with Jack Simmons this is really a kind of a special unique tournament you are really only you only have the top 70 players here to kind of make it so unique and so awesome for fans to come out and see and We've had a lot of movement today. Yesterday, after round one, Jordan Spieth was your leader. He's kind of struggled a bit up and down round. He's only one under today. He's in a fourth place, one under today. But Lucas Glover is actually a new leader. Shot a six under, 64 today. He's solo leader at minus 10 with Adam Hadwin, who's actually coming our way right behind us right now on the 18th fairway. And Adam Hadwin and Tommy Fleetwood are each one stroke back at nine under. And the weather has been a huge story today. Well, it was so cool yesterday, and they had all the rain before that. So if you were in the fairway, you were in great shape. And if you hit the greens, you were in great shape because it was like throwing a dart. Uh, today, uh, it's hot, it's humid, uh, and uh, it's pretty much typical Memphis weather. So how are the fairways and how are the greens playing today? Yeah, the greens have been a little bit different story. Oh, and it, it's really interesting to see how them, especially in some of the par threes, kind of having trouble controlling the spin of the ball, but it, it really makes you appreciate the great shots a lot more. Seen a couple of guys struggle, misread a couple, miss club selections, but really big. Called out a couple times with John Rahm on a couple of par threes. Thought he had enough club to get there. Should have went a club up. Cost him a extra stroke. So it's really been a big story, and it's really been interesting to see. We've seen some low rounds, but we've seen a lot of guys that shot well yesterday struggled today. And a lot of guys who had an okay round yesterday, have a great round today. Like Adam Hadwin only had a 67 yesterday. Now he comes out. He's on 18 right now, but he's six under today. Tied for the best round so far today. So it's been really interesting to see. And it was really exciting to see over the weekend. Well, you know, uh, I saw Kim, uh, Tom Kim on ESPN early this morning, and he was looking at all the text messages he got yesterday when he was wearing his clam diggers. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, la- he was just laughing, leaning up against the wall, laughing at all the comments that made. And so... Uh, he had a great time with it, and uh, continues to have a great time on the course as well. Right now, he's in a tie for fifth, seven under. Uh, we've got another great Memphian sitting down with us now. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Sheriff Floyd Bonner, who is uh, running for mayor and is uh, really running away with the mayor. Uh, I haven't seen Floyd run in a long time, but you're running away with the mayor's race. Well, I don't know about running away, but we're doing our best, Earl. We're actually doing our best. People ask me, said, well, do you think uh, the sheriff has a chance of winning the mayor's office? I said, he had 98% of the vote for the sheriff. I said, what do you think? I mean, he, uh, people love Floyd, and you've done a great job as sheriff, and uh, people pay attention to that. Well, I hope so. You know, and Earl, we've, we've been talking on the campaign trail. Obviously, crime is our number one issue uh, that, that's in our city. People are wanting to move out. I did an interview this morning with a newspaper, 
and even their poll said 50% of the people that, that they interviewed was talking about moving out of Memphis. And that's a, for a lifelong Memphian. It's you know, hard to hear. Hard, that's hard to hear. Yeah, you I know, agree. people wanting to leave. You know, my wife and I, we raised two sons here, and uh, we love the city, not going anywhere. And uh, But to hear other people saying, you know, this crime is just out of control. Well, you've had to deal with the effects. It's, it's uh, the sheriff's office out there, the PD's out there. They're, you're making arrests. Yes. You're taking them to the jail. You're booking yes. them in. Right. And then they get turned right back out on the street again. I know part of the problem is the juvenile situation, which you've dealt right. with for years because of the DOJ mandate. Right. But at some point, we got to start saying, what's the problem? And we know what the problem is. Well, so at some point, Earl, we're going to have to hold some people accountable, whether it's the parents, whether. I mean, you know, Earl, when we grew up, we were held accountable for yeah, everything we did. And uh, so we're going to have to hold people accountable for uh, for their misdeeds out here in the streets. Well, they, there's all this talk about, you know, holding the parents accountable. That's already a law. You're it responsible is. for exactly. your kids until they turn 18. Yep. And my dad made that very clear to me from right. the time I was about six. He said, I'm responsible. Anything you do or say is, right. is for coming back on me. And But nothing happens to anybody. And I know that nobody wants to put a parent in jail for their kid. Not, but... You know, ultimately, the sheriff's department is not a babysitter. Well, we're not. We're out on the campaign trail. We hadn't been talking about putting parents in jail. But, Earl, if you break my window out of my car, then you somebody can pay, pay for it. Pay for my window to be replaced. And so, uh, so we. And there are tort laws that are out there on the books already. Yeah. But we're not holding these parents accountable for these for these kids. The uh, the district attorney. There's a lot of people who think it's a lot of this is the district attorney's fault. You've got to deal with the DAs. All of you, you always have. You always will. Even right. If you get elected mayor, you're going to be dealing with the district attorney. Absolutely. Do you see him starting to maybe realize that part of the problem is not putting these people away for a long time? Well, I think it's an outcry from the community that's going to have to keep coming his way. That's going to uh, maybe change his way of thinking, if you will. Uh uh, but when I talk to citizens, you know, so many people are so very frustrated with what's going on and how, you know, the narrative is is going here in the city. And uh, it's got to be a change. Well, I know that uh, when I was with you at the sheriff's office as a public information officer, you guys, if somebody called in, I mean, one call, you paid very close attention to it. Because you would say, take care of this. Find out what the problem is. Let's, let's take care of it. They have to be getting the, more than a couple of calls because people are irate over the crime in Memphis. And it's not just in one part of the city or the county. It's all over the it's place. It's all over the city. Uh, we're doing more inside the city limits of Memphis now. Uh, just had a meeting with Overton Park, uh, uh, Levitt Shell, uh, the museum. Uh, we're, we're doing some more down in that area because crime had begun to spike. You know, the zoo had lost 100,000 uh, uh, people. Wow. That uh, attendees that, that were just afraid to come to the zoo because of their car. So we're stepping up. Uh, we're using reserve officers and some other officers, and we're working in the area now. We're using our civil division to come through and, and hopefully uh, bring a sense of calm and a sense of peace to any of our uh, 
residents or visitors? Well, the presence of law enforcement is a huge factor. Yes. And I know the sheriff's office is out there all over the place. In fact, the city, even when I was there, was asking the sheriff's office to patrol more inside city limits. Absolutely. And you guys did. You did, yep. did. You're doing it now. And uh, and I see you pulling people over, too. Well, I'll tell you, Earl, the funny thing about that is I, I, a lot of people don't realize how many sheriff deputies there are. It's just we have just over 600, okay? Memphis Police Department, <laughs> 2000. Is, is 2000, you know. So, you know, many times requests come is your in. Guys, are you just bigger than they are? Well, I, I know, right? <laughs> I know so many people think that, uh, that, you know, I have this incredible amount of manpower. But then there are things that I'm mandated by, by state law, the Constitution. You know, like, for instance, manning the courts and yep. serving civil papers. And you have a tremendous like number that. of guys in the courts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have 54 courtrooms. Wow. 54 courtrooms, and a lot of those courtrooms have three and four deputies yep. in them just because of the type of courts. Now, we do have some with just one over in civil court, but uh, but we, we, we have a lot of – we expand a lot of manpower and just, you know, just in the courtrooms alone. You got a big uh, election coming up? Yes, sir. Uh, there are no Republicans running against you. <laughs> and uh, right now, I don't know, have you done any polling? I mean, I've, I've done just a, you know, cursory asking on the street, and I'm not finding anybody that's uh, not saying both bother. Well, good, good. Keep talking. Yeah, keep talk, don't talk to anybody else. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to anybody else. Keep that going, of course. Yeah, we're, we're going to do polls. You know, anytime you're in an election like this, uh, you're, you're strategizing, you're seeing where you're missing the market, who you're talking to, and uh, where you do need to concentrate a little bit more. Uh, but uh, So we're, we're absolutely doing the polls. You know, you're always raising money and and, and just doing things. You know, I've, I've been going. My first meeting this morning was like 745, so uh, came out here to the golf tournament to see some people, shake some hands, and so it's just always something to do. Well, don't go back outside because it's hot. i got to ask you a quick question. This is from, our, from Todd Starnes, the owner of KWM. He's in New York today, but he's wondering, what are you doing to plan to attract Republican voters for your campaign? Well, I hope since the Republicans are out, out of the race now, I hope Republicans will take a look at our campaign. You know, all jokes aside, you know, when I ran for sheriff, um, uh, I had a lot of crossover support. You know, I didn't put up the numbers that I did. Uh, and this is a nonpartisan race, so I hope that people that are 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 re- Republicans will take a look at our campaign, what we've done in the past, Earl, and what we're planning on doing in the future, and uh, and we're going to be tough on crime. You know, that, well, I think that's, that's number one with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with 42 years experience here uh, in in law enforcement, you know, this is what I know: the economic development won't happen if crime doesn't get under control. All right. Well, you take. Know? Crime stopping to City Hall. That's what yeah, we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Sheriff, congratulations and thank good you. luck to you thank in the race. You. Thank th- you. Thanks for stopping by and yes, talking sir. to us. Yes, sir. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Earl. Enjoy yourself. All right. Uh, okay, we're going to take uh, a break and we'll come back, talk more about the golf tournament and uh, and uh, who's in the lead. And there's some more people out here we're going to talk to. So don't go away. We'll be back.
thank you very much, and welcome back. We're coming to you live today from the St. Jude FedEx. Actually, I had that back. FedEx St. Jude. <laughs> I hope I don't make them mad. There we go. Champion. FedEx St. Jude Championship. Championship. And uh, that's my Dexlexia coming up. <laughs> if I don't get it backwards, I get it the other way around. <laughs> uh, we've been talking to a lot of people out here at the golf tournament, and uh, there's some breaking news that came out earlier today. U.S. Attorney David Weiss. Uh, was appointed special counsel in the ongoing probe of the president's son, Hunter Biden. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced this uh, early this afternoon, which whenever you want to announce something and not have to answer any questions, you do it on a Friday afternoon in Washington, D.C., and that's exactly what he did. Weiss will be responsible for the ongoing investigation of President Joe Biden's son, as well as for any other matters that arose or may arise from that investigation. The Justice Department said in the statement, Weiss, who is already overseeing Hunter Biden's probe and is based in Delaware, asked to be appointed this past Tuesday. Garland agreed to it in the public interest to do so, the Attorney General said. Now, a lot of people think the timing was very interesting because uh, just this week it came out uh, in the House Committee on uh, investigating Hunter Biden and all of his transactions that uh, they found... $20 $20 million had come into the Biden family. I'm talking about nine of them uh, from all different parts of the world. And so that happens. And then all of a sudden, boom, he appoints uh, Weiss as the new special prosecutor. Now, keep in mind, Weiss is also the attorney general of Delaware who uh, put together the deal that would essentially have uh, been uh, no jail time at all for Hunter Biden on his tax, uh, misdemeanor tax uh, charges, or his gun charge, where he lied on his gun application about being on drugs when he applied to buy a weapon. Now, the DOJ noted that Weiss was nominated by then-President Donald Trump. They always say that to make it look like, well, you know he's a fair guy. Uh, in 2017, confirmed by the Republican-controlled Senate, that doesn't mean anything. Garland said the appointment reinforces the American people's department of commitment to both independence and accountability. And a statement Hunter Biden's lawyer, Chris Clark, said, whether in Delaware, Washington, D.C., or anywhere else, we expect a fair resolution on behalf of our client. But I don't think we're going to get as fair a deal as we almost had. He didn't say that. I did. Uh, He said, Weiss has diligently diligently been investigating my client for five years. And in my words, he's drug his feet the entire time and uh, about the most serious of the charges uh, expired. The, The statutes of limitation ran out. And it was only the misdemeanor charges that were left, and then they were going to totally absolve him of all that. No jail time, no fines, uh, nothing. Uh, Hunter Biden agreed to plead guilty to a misdemeanor charge related to his failure to pay income taxes earlier this year. But while standing in court last month waiting to enter the plea, the agreement fell apart over confusion about a separate gun charge. Okay, I got it. Okay. Uh, over a separate gun charge, and he said that uh, it was going to be a, uh, he, he was going to have to end up pleading not guilty, and it looks like it's going to go to trial. Now, here's the thing about that. He has to be indicted before he goes to trial, and so far he's not been indicted, and that's how you get keep the statute of limitations clock running. So keep a close eye on that. If he's not indicted, that means the clock's running, and if they can hold off on doing anything for another year, all these charges are going to go away just like the other charges did. In the meantime, uh, over on the Trump watch clock, 
the judge that's uh, handling his uh, case. Uh, the hammer comes down. Judge Tanya Chutkin rules that justice will take priority over Trump's political campaign. The fact that he, Trump, is running in a political campaign currently has to yield to the administration of justice. And if that means he can't say exactly what he wants to say in a political speech, that is just how it's going to have to be. Uh, now, what that means is if Trump says anything about what comes out, he's in contempt of court because he's not supposed to say anything. And that's how they figured they would get him and put him in jail until his trial actually comes up, whenever that could be. It's uh, it's just crazy, craziness followed by craziness followed by craziness. And uh, where it stops, who knows? Uh, it just keeps on rambling around. And uh, in the meantime, the disaster in Hawaii on Maui is, uh, they say there's now 55 dead at least. And they said there's as many as 1,000 people are still missing. And a lot of those people were people who uh, went out, tried to get on boats, or tried to swim out in, in the Pacific Ocean to get away from the fire. Uh, the problem with that is uh, they had no way of uh, cooling off. And so uh, if you didn't get, if you stayed, in fact, there were boats that were anchored right offshore that were totally toast. So the heat of all these uh, buildings, because they were most of the part old wooden buildings that had been there, some of them hundreds of years. And when that thing started going up, it was like a torch. And it was burning stuff up offshore. And uh, just uh, an incredible, in fact, if you look at pictures of it, it does look like an atomic blast happened. There are all these cars that were lined up on the streets, driving down the street, and they're just toast. And they're all exactly the way they were when this thing uh, occurred. And uh, it's, there are still bodies, they say, lying in the ocean. Um, and it's just it's a huge disaster, especially when you think about where it is, Hawaii. You go over there. I've never been, but everybody I've talked to because over there say it is a paradise. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everything you hear about it is positive, and everybody calls it the beautiful place on earth. It's really a huge tragedy for our country. And then when you see something like this happen, and you go, which only, it, it only brings, uh, I'm talking Ron Childers. Come over here and say hi a minute. Put your headset on. Ron Childers of Action News 5, the meteorologist, was out here yesterday, and I was watching. You went down the row here. We're at the hub. <laughs> and you tried every one of these little demonstrations. Found out how bad my golf game was <laughs> quick. I, I, kept, I kept yelling out. I said, you're using the wrong hand. <laughs> That's he, what you used to tell me all those years ago. You're addressing the ball from the wrong side, yeah, he's, a, he's a lefty. Yeah, I'm a lefty. And you, know, and you know we're all born left-handed and remain that way until we commit our first sin. Oh, really? Yeah. And, you and learned- if you commit enough sins, you go back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, How you doing, bud? It's good to see you. I'm ya. good. It's a lot hotter today out it here is, than it, it is yesterday. We're, we're going to do a little hit in here coming up on Action News 5 and 4. I want to highlight your program as well and talk about the radio broadcasts that are taking place because you're one of the many media outlets that are right here in the hub kind of bringing that extra flavor. You've been coming out here as long as you've been in broadcasting for the golf yeah. tournament every year. I've never seen the excitement. I've never seen the golfers, number one. These yeah. are the best of the world, 70 of the best golfers of the world. But the crowds are so different. Look how many young people are out here yeah. that I've never seen before. Yeah, and that's really encouraging to see because you remember years ago, this was like, uh, you know, it was 40 and 50 hangout, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, now it's really great to see the young people out here embracing this. And that's how this tradition continues. That's also how we maintain the support for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Yeah. 
because we need that next generation to understand the importance of not only this tournament for our city, but the importance of the organization that it supports. Well, and also the volunteers that work out here. You know, they're getting a little long in the tooth yeah. as well. And yeah. Jack Sammons, we just had him on a minute ago, who's been involved with it for 30, 40 years. And uh, this is th- this could not happen without the volunteers. Right. And, and the young people need to start getting involved with that. And it may happen faster than you think because now you've got to buy a ticket. Ain't no more free tickets to the FedEx uh, St. Jude uh, Championship. You and I used to be the kings of free. Oh, listen. We'd have a hanging out of our pockets. Children's and Earl are here. Yeah. Obviously the, the, didn't the pay to get now. in. There's Harold Grader, ladies there and gentlemen. There he is. Look, it's just an all-star lineup here. It's so yeah. good to Harold, see Harold, put so that headset on. And just have some fun and Harold Gray, of course, with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And uh, are you playing today, or are you just a spectator? I huh? am playing to stay cool. <laughs> yeah, I well, said it would be hot, a spectator. so I'm pretty happy about it, you know? Yeah, this time he got it 100% <laughs> right. I was going to say, let, let's have it noted officially that Childers got one right. He did. and it's, We're so much. proud of you. We're Thank so you proud of you. You knew me when. You've come a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, we did. Yeah, it did. It <laughs> well, did, absolutely. Well, everybody be happy to know. I'm sitting here looking at uh, sweat streaming down Ron's face. Yeah, it because is Because usually there. he's oh. in the studio telling us, hey, Chris, Chris Thomas just walked up. Uh, he's usually in the studio where it's like 35 degrees. Where, he, where his he, makeup won't run. Yes, and he's going, <laughs> now whatever you do, bro. drink plenty of liquids <laughs> and keep your electrolytes going out there because it's hot. Not that he would know because yeah. – he had been outside since he got there. Well, and a classic example, the weatherman walking down yesterday, here I was in the pouring down rain and didn't have an umbrella. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I tell you about it, but it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily prepared for it. I would have told everybody, like everybody else. they stole my umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been a good time out here. It's been so much fun seeing a lot of folks and and that's the that's the other thing about this tournament. It just brings so many great people yep. together. I haven't seen Chris Thomas in a long time, and it's just uh, it's almost like a, a reunion of sorts. As well, well, it is, and I, I think that's the other thing. I've seen so many people. I saw Floyd Bonner, who's the sheriff, a minute ago had him on. He's running also for mayor. Uh, it's the place to be, and it will be Saturday, and especially on Sunday for the the big championship. And a lot of single women out here looking for a golfer who's going to win three point six million dollars. <laughs> I'm Listen, just saying. Let me tell you, for anybody that is coming out this weekend, if you plan on coming out here, just drink lots of water even before you leave the house. It's hot, and it's going to be even hotter tomorrow. We're looking at feels like or that heat index yeah. right around 110 to 115. Wow. So the heat can get you quickly in yeah. a situation like this. That's why I'm glad we got this area, the hub here, yeah, and, and a couple other places. Just come in and cool off. Yeah, and that's what it's so, for, is to come in, get out of the heat, cool off, get some water, and uh, get back out there. Although there is a tequila bar right next to us here. That is not going to help but that's you. not going to help. <laughs> that, hel- that helps on other things. <laughs> hey, i got to get out of here. Thank Uncle you. Earl, so I'll talk to you later. to see you. Harold. Ronnie, good to you, see you, my friend. Best weatherman in Memphis Chris right Thomas, there. There you are, bud. Y'all have fun. Uh uh, Harold, we got to take a real quick break, and Absolutely. we'll come back and uh, hook up with you. And, yes, sir. And talk about football because uh, that's one of my favorite things, and it's about to happen again. Yes, indeed. In fact, a lot of stuff has happened before football starts again. Yeah. All right, so we're coming to you live today for the FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. Harold Grader is up next, so stay with us. 
Welcome back. Uh, we'll come to you live today for the FedEx St. Jude Championships at Southwind. And joining me now is a guy that's been involved in the tournament for many years, Chris Thomas. And, uh, Chris, uh, thanks for stopping by. I know that uh, you're out there with your team going all over the course. It's a hot one today. Oh, my gosh, yes. I know Ron was just on talking about the heat index. And I don't remember, and I know I've been doing this 24 years, I actually don't remember. I know there have been, but I don't remember a day that's been so hot. And so, anyway, it's, it's rough. But like, but Ron, yesterday was incredible. So, yes, we were talking about how everyone's spoiled. Yeah. Because yesterday was great. Today I was sitting in here. I had the tablecloth to our broadcast table over my legs <laughs> because I, I said, I'm going to bring a jacket tomorrow. I didn't bring it. Uh, you won't need that today, brother. No. It, it's, uh, it's a great event. But, um we enjoy doing every year. You know, we were just talking uh, with uh, Ron Childers uh, and just talking about how many young people sit out here this year, more so than I've seen in years. Oh, yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, and they, they've done a lot to attract young people and just more more fan experience. Well, you got the 70 of the best uh, young golfers of the world here. Yes. But I think the other key part of it, too, is that you've been a volunteer out there, all these other volunteers. That's what makes it happen. And to keep that going, you have to get young people involved. No, you're right, because my committee, which is escort marshals, we walk with all the top players, larger crowds from number one to 18. And when you get to a certain age, like yeah. me, it's hard to walk 18 in this heat. So we are trying to attract younger people. And we need the future of golf to have younger people in it. Well, it's like I say when anybody invites me to something, I go, how far do I have to walk? <laughs> Yeah, if, once some of the guys get to hit 60, 65, they move on to something where they sit in yeah, the hole. Yeah. But anyway, it's just a lot of fun, and this is a great crowd today. And I think even with the heat, the next two days is going to be good. So. Well, you know, the thing about it is they, the PGA has done some incredible things like where we are right now, the hub. Uh, you don't have to be paid a lot of money to get into one of the clubs or depend on having some company you know have one of the uh, villas. Uh, I know that Southern Security Federal Credit Union has a, a, a place over at the Villas. But right. if you don't know somebody, you can't get into those. Exactly. But you can come here, cool off, get something cold to drink, get something to eat, and uh, get your strength back up to get back outside again. Well, yeah, and actually I was talking to someone earlier, all the things that are you can do in here while you're here, the auto zone, putting thing, and the driving range. I mean, there's just so much available. And not just here, but all over the course they've added free venues where you can go in even if you're not you can buy stuff but if you're not you don't want to you just go in there and cool off yeah and that's that's a major thing but i do see a lot of people going around with gift bags so there's a lot of people buying a lot of stuff oh man yeah the merchandise tents right next to here at the hub and uh it's it is um it's great just to have all that together for the fans and so i'm it's going to be a fun, fun weekend. I think right now Jordan Spieth and Fleetwood are tied for the lead, so it's going to be a, it's going to be exciting. What, and you've been out here watching this for years and years. The course looks incredible, and I was up early this morning watching the replay. It looks tremendous on television. And the thing that we were talking about is how the crew, with this weather, has been able to keep this course green great. oh yeah. my word they do they do such an amazing job the, the people out here i was watching them yesterday as soon as play ended there they were on their mowers out uh, mowing and trimming <laughs> yesterday afternoon and i bet they started again before daylight this morning oh, i'm sure yeah you mentioned it's funny you mentioned that because 
I think on number 10 or 18, I can't remember yesterday, there were 20 carts lined up with teams of lawn people headed out. Yeah. Right? So it was, they've got a great crew. So this is, it's really a great event. It's gotten even better. Like I said, I've only been doing it 24 years, but it's just progressed. And then, you know, as we we had the years where it was, we thought we might lose it. Yeah. Well, one year we had no sponsor. No, that's Smith right. Smith and Nephew right. stepped in and, and uh, they were sort of where. And then FedEx came on board and that was the lifesaver right there. No, it's, it's, it's really great. And, uh, probably one of the best events that, that Memphis does because I, I meet people from all over the country, which is pretty shocking that people come from like, uh, well, hours away. And you think about it, uh, where is the next closest place? you got uh, the Masters at Augusta. Yeah, I was talking to someone today. Um, there are two PGA events in Arkansas. They're not big ones, but then I think Nashville has one, but bigger big i mean as far as big tournaments yeah and now that this is part of the fedex oh. uh, championship uh there's uh, how many there, how many courses are involved are they playing this year in the fedex championship okay so there are three courses and I honestly sorry i can't remember the next two but, but there are three courses three courses so and this we, is one of them we take the top we're the first playoff we take the top 70 there are no cuts which is great yeah for Saturday people and get to see everybody exactly. and then the top 50 move on to next weekend, and after that, the top 30 move on to the Tour Championship, and that's how that's when they crown the FedEx. So there's, there's not a bad ticket or a bad day out here. So buy a ticket, you get them online, and yep. come out and see it. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back on this uh, Friday at the tournament, the FedEx St. Jude Championship. And uh, with us right now is Harold Grader, who is, of course, with the AutoZone uh, Liberty Bowl uh, and uh, has been with them. How long have you been with them now? This is year 25 for me, Earl. Unbelievable. Did you go straight from Channel 5 to the Liberty Bowl? I did. Wow. I did. And, and along that, that personal history timeline, 40 years ago this summer, probably would have been back in May, I walked into 1960 Union as an intern the summer before my junior year at what was then wow. Memphis State. Hard to believe it's been that long, and year 25 now with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. You know, I came to Memphis in 1978 to go to work at uh, WREG Channel 3. 1978. That uh, was a year or two ago. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. yes, sir. Uh, and uh, but the thing about it is, I, I remember never forget the first year I covered uh, this. It was then the Danny Thomas yeah. Classic, and it was at uh, at the old Colonial, the old Colonial out yeah. off of Germantown uh, uh, Parkway near yeah. I forty Countrywood, Countrywood, and uh, that was the year that Pate I think jumped into the lake. Yeah, and I'll never forget that. Gerald Ford hit somebody in the head with a drive. <laughs> uh, that was the year that I met uh, uh, Joe Feisman. I was standing there talking to Joe Theismann, Bad Dog McCormack, Steve Connolly, and Ron Olson, and and uh, John Daly, and 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 Joe Theismann. And we stand there and talk a little bit. I'd met Daly before. I hadn't yeah. met Joe. And so I had to leave and go do a live hit for Channel 3. So I said, I got to go, guys. Nice to meet you. I shook Joe Theismann's hand and started to walk off. He slapped me on the butt. You know how athletes do yeah. it? Oh, wait. Joe, 
We don't do that in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I keep forgetting, man. I keep forgetting. But uh, that's he, how long ago. He thought the huddle was breaking. Yeah. we were. Okay, on three. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about college football. Yeah, lo- uh, a lot to talk about. Well, so much going on in, uh, in the world right now, especially out west. Yeah. And then I know here in Memphis, there's uh, Ron Childers. He's doing his thing. And uh, that's our old alma mater right there. Yeah, absolutely. How incestuous is this? <laughs> uh, at any rate, the uh, last night, Jack Sammons, it may have been the night before, was at uh, Folks Folly meeting with all the people with the tournament, and they were talking about the University of Memphis. Yeah. Is he going to get in to the SEC? And there's all this talk that they're looking harder at SMU than they are at the University of Memphis. Yeah. What are you hearing? You know, Earl, really only know what I see is reported by the, the national guys, but they are all tuned in as best as anybody's going to be. That's not in the inner sanctum there. You know, just looking at some of the reporting early this morning and last night, um, it almost seemed as if the ACC is even backing up from some of that. From SMU uh, or University maybe maybe just holding holding the powder dry and, and, and may not do anything. Now I've been out here all afternoon, so who knows what may have happened? I had a ch- haven't had a chance to, to look at it. Well, here's my take on it. Yeah, I, I moved here from Dallas as I said, yeah. '78. Went to a lot of games there at SMU, which their stadium is nowhere near as big right. as the Liberty Bowl. They don't draw anywhere near the crowd that uh, they do at the yeah. Liberty Bowl with University of Memphis is winning. I will, yep. I will do that with a caveat. Uh, and it's a great school academically. It's uh, held in high regard. And, of course, they had that death penalty years ago. Yeah. I don't think they've ever recovered from that completely. Yeah. Uh, but Memphis needs a break. And uh, yeah. we've got the stadium. We've got the fan base. But we all know if you're not in a major league, yep. you're not in a major league. You know, it's a challenge. It's it, it's an uphill climb, but but I know just from a bigger picture perspective on that, as far as the University of Memphis Earl is that from Dr. Hargrave down, they have and continue to do anything and everything they can do to change conferences. Whether it was the Big Twelve, now maybe now the ACC. Don't know if I don't know if the chairs in the musical chair world of college athletics, whether the music has stopped and the chairs are filled. I, I'm afraid that that might be where we are, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, you know, I, I give a tip of the cap to the University of Memphis, their leadership, and the fact that they are doing everything that they can they can do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's about what value you bring to a particular conference, and, and, and in their world, I think that translates to te- television revenue or potential television revenue where if just – Hypothetically, if every school is receiving $25 million a year on the TV deal, can you come into that league and at a minimum bring the $25 million, if not more? If you can't and the and the pies, the piece of the pie for each school is going to get smaller, that makes it tough and that makes you not an attractive candidate uh, for that conference. So it, it comes down to the money. And, know, it, we, and it always does, but take a look at this. You know, in Mississippi State, was just a little it yeah. went out there in the middle of nowhere in uh, Starkville, uh, Mississippi. They weren't in the SEC, and they thought, well, why would we let them in? I mean, they're, they're nobody, you know? 
Well, now look at how important Mississippi State right. is to the SEC and to the yeah. national football scene. Yep. So what you said money talks and money that's really what it's all about. That could be the, the main difference. This is this could, oh, could yeah. make this city, it could make the University of Memphis. And uh, you know, it's I just think that Good Lord willed, and uh, we all keep the faith, and I think that was uh, Jack Salmon's right. message, never give up. Never give up. And, you know, it's um, part of it is, yes, it's the revenue and the things that you can do with that revenue because when you – and we're talking about, you know, the Power Five and the Group of Five, and, again, the numbers may not be exact, but, you know, if Memphis is receiving $5 million a year in their current TV deal and another league that the – teams are getting 30 million dollars a year that's a 25 million dollar gap every year and that's where the haves and the have-nots really get separated and and as far as the whole conference picture thing with all of that earl is for for memphis part of it i think is just validation that we belong and we just can't earn or get that validation uh but we can't give up jack's message to the bigger community is we can't give up regardless of what the topic is, whether it's football, whether it's the crime situation, attracting businesses. We can't relent. We have to keep fighting the good fight. Uh, not to change the subject, yeah. but uh, the University of Texas is coming in yes. along with Oklahoma. How much is that going to change the dynamics? Well, we'll see. You know, that all happens next season, yep. the 24 season. So OU and Texas are in the Big 12 one last year. Moved to the to the SEC as of July one of twenty twenty four, you know, for the schools that are middle of the pack down in the SEC, their job just got tougher. Yeah. Now looking at those two football programs, and I was in Dallas. It's been about a month ago now for the Big Twelve media days. I was in Nashville the following week for their media days, and just talking to folks and what I've observed over the last year, you know, I would say the job that Steve Sarkeesian has done at Texas, they are, in my estimation, at this point, more ready to make that move to the SEC than Oklahoma is now. They've got another year to recruit and make those transitions. My sense is that Oklahoma really needs to step it up this year uh, with their new head coach, well, uh, Brent Venables. Last year when yeah. Oklahoma they, played Texas, there was like yeah. the worst loss in school history. Yep. So it'll be interesting. I mean, you're they're they're in the deep water in the SEC, in the in the Big Twelve. Yeah. They're stepping off into the ocean when they go <laughs> yeah. into uh, the SEC and being able to compete. Yeah. I mean, they have all of the 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 cool. dollars and yeah. the facilities and the ability to recruit and the NIL. They have all of that, but now, what are they going to do on the field? And that's going to be really interesting. And again, two legendary football programs, two legendary brands, and again from middle of the pack down in the SEC the job just got tougher uh, and we got to go but there's one final question yeah. have you seen the documentary on Johnny Football on Netflix yet? I haven't seen it yet it's, it's on my to-do list uh, I think it's, it's every young person that plays football should watch that so that they don't do what he did yeah. because he had all the talent tools of the world and he absolutely blew it it's a great yep. documentary, though, for that very reason. Yep. Harold Grader, thank you, Earl, sir. Always appreciate you. you. Great to see you. Don't forget, 65th Autos on Liberty Bowl, coming December up. 29th. In fact, I want you to start coming in. And yeah. Be glad to do it. Check-ups on who's looking good and who's, Absolutely. who's running. All Good right. to see you. Good seeing you.
All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming to you live from the FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. We'll be right back. Ah, summer breeze. We got a, I guess we got a little breeze out there. I can see the tops (laughs) of the trees moving, but uh, I don't think that's what this song is about, is it gently blows a young lady's hair. Out here, the hair would be kind of damp because it's hot. We're out here live today at the FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. Been out here yesterday and today and having a great time seeing a lot of people. It is the place to be. I, I haven't seen the number of people that I know at an event like this in a long time. Absolutely. And uh, and I, as we've talked to a couple of people about it, I'm seeing so many young people. Young people parking's age, uh, you know. I mean, <laughs> and you, you, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of people your yeah. age out here. And, and have you been to the tournament before over the years? Yeah, me and my dad have always come for a couple of days each year. So it's a different experience for me getting to come with some media members. So really cool to see a different side of it. Well, it is, uh, and it's better than uh, covered as a news person and, and looking for the crime element too. You know, this you're actually involved in the sport when you get to come out here and cover it as a sports person. Uh, what has been eye-opening to you as far as coming out here and covering it and going and doing the interviews? You got to interview some of the players earlier in the week. Yeah, absolutely. So I got to talk to about five or six players on Wednesday, and then I even got to talk to two after the round yesterday. And kind of the surprising thing is I've been really appreciative of how well the players are with the fans here, very generous with the fans, always taking time to sign autographs, give away some balls after a round, and taking the time for reporters is really good as well. And we, not only that, we've been impressed with a lot of great golf. And the fan, fans have been really great showing out and showing out early this morning. First tee time was about 10.15 this morning, and a lot of packed fans this morning. Even when the gate opened at 9 o'clock, it was a big rush in. As soon as I got there with the morning show, walked down to the driving range and saw a great crowd come in right at 9 o'clock. So that was really encouraging to see. Well, I, I was watching the Golf Channel early this morning, and they, so they were out here showing people on the driving range, and they said tee, tee time was at 10.20, something like that. But you're right, there was a crowd out here that early this morning, which was smart because it actually had some fog early this morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was very misleading. That might, you might have thought it was going to be fall-like, but that changed rapidly. And uh, it turned into Mempho weather. And that's where we're at now. The uh, And I don't see any rain in the forecast. I think we're completely out of rain for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, we are completely out of rain, but that means a lot more heat coming our way the rest of the weekend. Should be interesting to see how the players finish, and I'm hoping they can stay cool and keep playing some great golf. I do have some sad news to report. One of the players' caddies earlier today had to actually be carted off due to overheating. Really? So really bad, sad news for him. Hopefully he'll be back out tomorrow. Well, that's really surprising because, you know, they're out in this all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you th- and they always tell you, 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 you make, you, what doesn't kill you makes it stronger, but uh, this is dangerous heat. I yes. Mean, we're talking about heat, heat indices of 110, 115. And you've got to stay hydrated, and you gotta you, you got to drink water, but not too much water. I heard the other day there was a woman that drank, I don't know how many quarts of water she drank, actually died. Wow. I, just you, you can't drink too much water. You're better off drinking a lot of Gatorade or one of those power drinks. Yeah. Uh, with not too much soda. I know when I was uh, growing up and playing football in the 60s, uh, they were giving us salt tablets. And, and we couldn't drink water till after practice. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I sit there and I thought, you know, and none of us died. But uh, it may have been 
that in a way they did make we were tougher back then and because we got kind of used to that yeah but then i know a lot of football coaches like bear bryant ended up getting a lot of trouble for uh, not letting his players drink water and giving them salt tablets so it is uh it's a, it's a changing world all the time and uh but as a fan and you're not used to this out here you need to cover up and a lot of people think that if you're wearing shorts and you got a short sleeve shirt on and your your head can breathe you're gonna wear a hat when i worked in the oil field in texas you covered the head to toe and we even wore gloves and we're wearing steel-toed boots long pants long sleeve shirt button at the collar your body actually you and wear cotton because it actually acts as a wick when you sweat it actually cools you down and sweating is a natural that's a natural coolant yeah uh, but you got to consume water in order to sweat. And when you stop sweating in kind of weather like this, that's not a good sign. So make sure you hydrate. Uh, what are the standings right now? Who's What's the leaderboard saying? Yeah, Lucas Glover, who actually won last week's tournament at the Wyndham Championship in North Carolina, he currently is your leader after two rounds at a minus 10. Shot a 64 today. That's the low round of the day so far. So really exciting to see how he plays this weekend. It'd be really cool to see Lucas Glover win back-to-back tournaments after he was in a spot last week where he needed to win the tournament to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And then Jordan Speed right behind him at minus nine. Had a really weird up and down round today. Four bogeys, six birdies for a 68. He's in second place by himself. And right now we have a five-way tie for third at minus eight. And one of the guys in that group, Tom Kim, who we mentioned earlier in the show, is on the 18th 18th green himself right right now. Yeah, on the 18th green himself. Looking to finish up a bogey-free round. I'm really excited to see two under bogey-free round right now. See if he can keep that going through the last hole. He's actually right now in the bunker on the right side. So see if he can get it up and down there to say par. Well, you're actually watching it live on your laptop, right? Yes, going back and forth between the laptop and seeing the great golf right in front of us here on the 18th fairway. But we're 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 a long way from the uh, we are a long way from the green. Green, but uh, it is. Uh, it's great to come out here and watch it. In fact, I was looking at somebody had taken a picture of the Goodyear blimp and put it up yeah. early this morning. I actually got to fly the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> no one way. And, uh, uh, in fact, I said, if you saw the Goodyear blimp today and it was flying like a wounded duck, that would have been me at the wheel. And uh, you've got two pedals that take, take you right and left, and you have a ship's wheel like on a sailboat, and that's how you get the nose to go up or down. And I never did quite get it equalized. <laughs> Should be pretty exciting to see here, Earl, right as we're wrapping up our show in the next half hour. The top three golfers in the world are actually heading our way. Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler on the 17th hole right now making their way here. Roy McIlroy has made a big move today as long as, long as Scotty Scheffler. They're both four under and a tie for eighth place at seven under. John Rahm is kind of struggling. He's plus one right now. But hopefully those three can kind of make a big push to end the round. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a break in just a minute uh, and uh, – then we're going to come back and uh, Don Grader with Southern Security. Uh, in fact, we'll go ahead and talk to her now. We got a couple of minutes left. She's been out walking the course, and uh, what I don't understand is how come you're not sweating because I'm it is sweating. hot out there. My, the back of my shirt's wet. <laughs> well, but you, you know, girls don't sweat; they glow. They glow. glow. And you're not glowing; you just have a nice. That's sheen. right. I just have this nice, beautiful glow. So there you go. We'll talk more in a minute. We got to take a break, but I just want to. What we're hearing and everybody on the interview said the great thing about the people you said there's so many young people out here. That's exactly right. We've sent a ton of young people, and just the crowds have been fantastic. Even yesterday. Usually Thursday it's a little slow, but it was 
awesome. The weather was beautiful, and so it was a good crowd, good show for Memphis, so we're excited. But you would think today is hot, much so much hotter. Yesterday, in here and where we are in the hub, it, it was actually cold. I had this uh, tablecloth over my legs. Yeah. Today it ain't cold. No, and, it's. Uh, we looked just a few minutes ago, and the heat index in our villa was 112. So there you go. Wow, <laughs> and the unbelievable, and it so. is. It, it, the humidity now, we were talking, we're not going to get any more rain. The thing I'm wondering is, will the heat absorb some of the moisture in the, the fairways to the greens, and will that come down on some of the humidity uh, tomorrow and make it a little less humid? Probably not, but we're going to hope so. <laughs> I, was, I was reaching for the stars, Don. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> we can be hopeful. All, yeah, that's exactly right. We're all going to hope. But you know what? Shouldn't hamper you from coming out. It's a great event. It's it a is. great venue. Um, so much has been added this year, and it's just a great time. It's a great show for Memphis. So if you love and, and want to support the city and want this to continue, um, you need to come out and support. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to talk about the Villas, which is where Southern Security is set up. And That's right. tell you where that is so you can go by and visit them when you come out here. Uh, but we've got to take a break uh, in the meantime to pay some bills, and then uh, we'll be back. But we're coming to you live today for the FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. It ain't hot. It's just toast. <laughs> That's what's great about this sport. With us right now is Don Grader, CEO of Southern Security Federal Credit Union, my title sponsor, and we thank her very much for that. Uh, and uh, they've got their own uh, setup out here at the Villas. Uh, tell us about that. We love it. It's out on uh, 12. We're right on the 12th green. Um, of course, that's a big water hole. Um, so it's really a cool space. And the afternoon is beautiful. We had a nice breeze there this afternoon, which is very refreshing, as it is in any, any sport, especially these days. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a different, different dynamic. Tell us why Southern Security wants to be involved, because you pay money to come out here and, and buy Villa. You can buy all the tickets and parking passes and, and give those to your clients. I know I understand that, but it's also you want your clients to experience this and realize how important this is to the community. Absolutely. Um, Southern Security tries to be a partner with all of the major events um, in our city. Um, I feel like it's our responsibility as an organization uh, to support what we can and give back to the community that we're a part of and that, and that helps and supports our organization. So we like to plug into the big events. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I like to show people regarding this event is you can be a FedEx or you can be a Southern Security and you can still participate. There's something for everybody at every level and you can make it work for your organization. Having a hospitality area is great for us. Um, we invite different people out, uh, different members, different commercial clients and things out every day to enjoy the tournament. And uh, it just really showcases our city um, in a positive light. So when people talk negative or haven't experienced things like this, they need to see the good yeah, um, that, that Memphis offers. And this is one of the premier events. Um, I feel like we're at a pivotal uh, place with this tournament, you know, now that, you know, things are changing and the two organizations are going to be uh, merging together. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. They ain't talking right now. (laughs) No, nobody's saying anything. So, you know, our hope is that, you know, long term um, that the tournament will be bigger and better. 
Uh, of course, you know, for the city of Memphis, obviously, we don't want to lose it. So, you know, anything that we can do to support and, and show people across the, the country and the world that we want the event here, we're going to support it, is, is what we try to do. I just know for years, everybody kept hoping that Tiger Woods would come to the event. Right. And he never did. Uh, this year, he almost did because he's on the board of the PGA, and they That's had a right. meeting here yesterday. Yes, they did. And had he been in better health, uh, I think he's still facing a lot of health problems. Right. I think they did a Zoom or something that he right. was involved right. with. But the fact that the 70 of the best golfers in the world are here is huge. It is. And the fact that uh, it puts Memphis on the map. It really does. I it mean, does. There are major tournaments in this country that don't see 70 of the best at That's it. That's exactly right. When this changed over to, you know, the FedEx Cup, and, it, it, and it's a championship tournament, things changed. Um, you know, it was always, you know, who's coming, who's coming, and it was the last minute, and a lot of people would drop out. Sometimes we'd get a, you know, a big-time name. Sometimes we'd get several. Sometimes we wouldn't get one at all. And so, you know, that changed things. Yeah. Um, you've got a field of 70 top golfers in the country. Uh, they're all here. They're here every day. There's no cut. So you can come on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you're still going to see them. Um, and I think that changed the dynamic of the tournament. It changed the interest uh, for the community and people, you know, following them. Well, as you know, there are a lot of Memphians that have an inferiority complex. Anything we are not that we're not going to do. But with this, we're as good as anybody in the country. And when you, I watched, I got up early this morning to watch the replay on the Golf Channel, and it looks fantastic, top notch. The right. course is just beautiful. And you see all these guys you see at all the tournaments all over the country, right. and they're all here. Right. That's right. And, you know, I had a lot of people over the last several weeks when we were talking about coming and inviting people. They're like, well, you know, I'm not, I don't really care about golf. I'm not into golf. And I said, this is not about golf. No. No. <laughs> this is about supporting a premier event that showcases this city on some of the largest platforms across the country, and we need that. Um, and, and everybody here supporting that is critical. Um, supporting, you know, everything good about Memphis and showcasing everything good about Memphis because those stories are not typically the stories that get yeah. out. Well, the news media. But I will say right. this. There are two organizations that are hugely part of this. St. Jude, which is a benefactor. Absolutely. And uh, that's where millions have come to over the years mm-hmm. because of this tournament. And FedEx, who saved this tournament, along with uh, uh, Smith & Nephew a few years ago. But FedEx really took it to the next level. It's a class organization. Fred Smith and and his entire organization, when they put their brand on something, you know that it's a top-notch, classy organization. And whatever the event is, is going to be top-notch. Absolutely. And And, and I think that's good. And we should be proud of that. We should embrace that. Um, regardless of the size of your company or the name of your company, there's there's some place that you can fit in and plug in. And if you want the, the, the community to succeed and the city of Memphis to succeed and be showcased in a positive light, you need to plug in somehow to support the event. One event you just recently had was the back-to-school backpacks. Yes. Uh, had almost 1,000 backpacks that uh, you and Big Brother, or uh, Youth, Youth Village, right. uh, partnered with on that and mm-hmm. uh, took them around their homes. What was the reaction of the kids when you presented them with the backpacks? It's amazing the impact that that makes. Um, you know, in our community, there are so many people that are, you know, without transportation, without the means that they need. Um, you know, every kid, you know, wants to go to school. They don't always understand why their parents don't have what everybody else has. And so 
it gave us the opportunity to put the tools, a new backpack, a new school supplies in, in over 600 kids' hands before they started school. Um, just the gratefulness from the parents um, and the excitement on the kids' faces was awesome because uh, it's what you want. It puts them, you know, they start out on the right foot, they're happy, they're excited, and, and hopefully they'll be successful in the classroom as well. I think that's so key what you just said, starting off on the right foot because it really does set their life up. From right. the very beginning. Absolutely. And it's improving. If, if they get a bad start, it, it affects them the rest of their school career, and oftentimes they don't finish school. That's and right. So, or if they feel inferior or, you know, not like the other kids yeah. look, then sometimes they don't want to go. Um, you know, and it hampers their ability in the classroom because they don't feel like that they're at the same level as the other. So sometimes they'll cocoon over in the corner and really not be as successful so it gives them the opportunity to be just successful as every other child well i thought it was a great program and thank y'all for doing that oh absolutely we we love youth villages they do a lot of great work and we're glad to be, we were glad to be a part of it well enjoy the rest of the tournament you'll thank be out you. here tomorrow and the next day and uh tell everybody come by and see them they're All off right. 17 uh, no 12 12 12th green and it says the villas they got a big banner That's out exactly there right. it says the villas and All right Y'all have some signage on yours? We do. It's got our name on it. (laughs) Go by and say, throw me some water. Give me some water. (laughs) That's right. I'll throw you you in the lake when it's over. (laughs) Don Grader, CEO of Southern Security Federal Credit Union. Thanks for coming by. All righty. Thank you. You bet. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, we're coming to you live today from the FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. Still a huge crowd out here today. Uh, the 18th uh, fairway is lined with uh, patrons, and uh, the top uh, four players in the tournament are now coming in. Yeah, coming into the FedEx Cup rankings this week, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahman, Roy McIlroy were one, two, and three, respectively. And their group is right here now on the 18th fairway. Roy McIlroy now is a tie for eighth at minus seven. Scotty Scheffler's one stroke behind him at minus six and a tie for 13th. And John Rahm's kind of struggled up and down week. He's even par right now, but he's minus three today after a 73 yesterday. So really excited to see kind of top three golfers all really have a great week. See if Roy McIlroy can make a birdie here on 18 and kind of get into that top three. Well, the, uh, the good thing about it is if you didn't get out here yesterday or today, all these guys are going to be teeing off tomorrow morning. And again on Sunday, you'll get to see them all. I really think all of golf should do this. I mean, there are people that you want to see, and you never know. Since somebody has two bad days, and uh, they can come back and win the whole thing, because uh, certainly there's no guarantee the leader after Friday is going to uh, continue to lead for the next two days. You know, and I completely agree, and that's part of the reason why they changed the format of this FedEx Cup. The FedEx St. Jude Championship last year, we had 125 players, and they cut it after Friday. And today, they, and this year, they changed it to where it's only the top 70 get invited, but you get to see all four guys for four days. And it really kind of it benefits the top 70 guys because then you can get away with having a bad round, like John Rahm did yesterday. Number one player in the world, shot a 73-3 over yesterday. He's still in contention. He's still right now would be the number one player in the world. So it really kind of shows, like, this is okay. It's okay for him to have a bad round because you can bounce back. Well, and it's also, if you, if you have a favorite golfer and you come out here to see them, you want to see them whether they're playing well or not. I mean, Absolutely. It's like in, in baseball or football. I mean, I guess they could bench them, but you'll still you can see them out there. You know? Yes. But in golf, if you get cut, you pack up your stuff and you get out. You know, it's like being ostracized. <laughs> you have to leave now. And uh, so there's Dave Willosian. 
He's been out here broadcasting his sports show, and I was listening to him this morning, which is another good thing. You know, that's the thing about it. If you're in broadcasting, you don't see any of the people that you've known and worked with over the years unless you're covering some big event. Uh, unfortunately, in news, it's usually a murder or a house fire. And, but in sports, you come to an event like this, and you get to see everybody that uh, you work with in media, and it's a, it's a great environment. Yeah, and I can kind of add on to that. Being in the media center this week has been really cool. Being able to see the whole right side of the media center has really been filled with local media. Guys like whether it's TV, radio, newspaper, really cool to see all these kind of guys come together for this great event for the city of Memphis. It is interesting, though, because you've got all the uh, national and international media that is also here. I was listening to some guys talking on the bus yesterday as we were coming out of here. They, uh, what they do is they have a media parking lot, and all these guys have rental cars and whatnot. And so all the media get on these very nice buses, and uh, they take you out to Forest Hill Irene where the media parking lot is. But you're sitting there waiting, and the bus runs every 15 minutes, so you got to sit there until it's time to go. I heard these two guys talking about they're headed up to Calgary, Canada for some kind of a wow. event. And then they're headed from there over to Seattle. And uh, their big concern was, how come Bob isn't here? He got off again. Do you believe he got off again? And we're having to make that. We're going to have to drive to Seattle from Calgary because there's no flights left. And so, you know, when you think you've got something like your job is to cover golf for a living, how tough could that be? But then you listen to some guys like that. Well, we got to go to Calgary, and then we're going to have to drive all the way to Seattle. And uh, everything people come in, that's like a vacation. But, you know, like anything else, uh, when it's your job, after a while, it's just your job. And uh, that's what's happening. Who are you watching right now? Roy McIlroy, as I was mentioning earlier, is about to take his second shot from the rough. He's about 175 yards out, kind of playing into the crowd a little bit. We'll see how this shot lands. He's in the 18th fairway trying to get it up and down for birdie to see if he can close out his round. If he gets a birdie on the 18th hole, he'll be in a tie for third. Heading into the weekend, which would be great momentum for him. Is he up here? He is up here on the right, just past the bunker. Okay, he's got the turquoise shirt on. Shot just went, and it looks pretty good. Can't tell where it ended up, but a great shot from McElroy. He's playing alongside John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. So a very high, sought-after group for fans to come out here and watch. And then right here we got Rahm who's uh, right here in front of the hub where we are. Yeah, this is really exciting. John Rahm, probably about just 20 feet away from us yep. right here. He hit it into the water. He's going to take a drop right here. This is actually going to be his third shot from the fairway. He's playing from the first tee box. So there's many different places you can tee off here. The pros play from the very back tees. This so, is the front so, tee. So do you so think he'll try to cut across the lake? He could. I saw him play a very similar shot to this yesterday. He was about 30 yards closer. He had to play. He had to cut it around the trees and land it on the front of the green. I, I got to say, he's probably going to have to lay up here. He can't tee it up. It's going to be real interesting. The PGA rules officials right here in front of us, him and his caddy are going to have to discuss this. That's his caddy uh, jogging up to uh, the lake. They left his bag of clubs right at the lake. <laughs> Not the best idea there. So this is going to be a really interesting, interesting shot here. I guess, he thought, round I, thought, I guess he thought they were going to drop it there. That's what he did yesterday. So I'm not really sure why they changed that or if maybe the ball went out sooner. Right, Depending no, he, on where the ball goes out is I'm, where you have to play from. No, he, he just went and picked up something, and his caddy's now headed back to the first tee, which is the ladies' tee right here, isn't it? Yeah, he's playing on the ladies' tee on 18. We'll see where he takes a drop from. I thought I was the only guy that played for the ladies' <laughs> tee. 
as we're coming to an end here on this show, John Rahm will be taking his will, will be his third shot on 18. And while he's taking the third shot, Scotty Scheffler and Roy Mack are already walking up to the 18th green. Scotty Scheffler put his second shot about 16 feet from the cup. And McElroy, it's about 30 feet out. So it's going to be a tough birdie putt for both of those guys. Well, I don't think Rom's going to hit until McElroy and them, because they're both uh, laid up right there, uh, still back from the, the green. Are they waiting for him to hit? I believe they're waiting for him to I hit. This should be a tough finish. But this show is just about wrapping up. Been a treat. we got about a minute left. See if Rom can get this shot off. He's got a driver out. So yeah. I'm wondering if he can... Either tee it up. If it was me, and I'll tell you what I would do, is I would drive it and I would uh, draw it around that tree in the lake and put it around the green is what I would. I'm not saying I could do it. I'm (laughs) saying that's what I would do. I don't think I could do that either, but when you're the number one player in the world, you probably have the ability to do that. Well, we're going to have to go because we're out of time, but uh, watch the replay. This afternoon on the news. You'll see it, and again tomorrow morning on the Golf Channel. And uh, but it's a great tournament. Come out here you're tomorrow yourself in person and catch this great event. The St. Jude FedEx St. Jude Championship at Southwind. And uh, the tickets you can get online, and along with the parking pass. All you got to do is go to the FedEx St. Jude Championship 2023 and follow the instructions. And they'll send the tickets right to your cell phone. Download them to your wallet. If you have a, an iPhone, and uh, you're good to go. No paper anymore. No tickets. <laughs> All electronic. And it's been a great two days here at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. As John Rahm just about to hit this third shot. And that's about to be to do it for us from the Earl Farrell Show. I'm Parker May. And it's been a pleasure to you join you, You did a great Earl. job, Parker. Enjoy working with you. We'll do it again. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again on Monday.